Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, our Riordanverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey as we move on to the next chapters of The Lightning Thief story. With chapter 19, we find out the truth, sort of, and chapter 20, I battle my jerk relative. Now, as always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got characterisation, relationships, and generally what I thought of it. But, to begin, here's the synopsis. We enter the concert of the dead and meet number one manager, Hades, who reveals that he has Orson, Orson? Also been stolen from, and that Percy is kind of not really, but kind of is, a thief! We say goodbye to Sally again as our trio escape. <laughs> Only for the wild LA showdown between God and Godling. I wonder who will. W- oh, it's the 12 year old. Okay. Sure. And yeah, that's our synopsis. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, before I probably get into everything, because as always, I have to start with a little bit of trivia about my life before we get into uh, what's what, because um, you guys are the only people I can tell about the mundane of my life these days, so, um, you guys are probably used to it by now, we're what, on the, oh god, what episode are we up now? It's like, episode six? No, I feel like I was going to say 16, but I feel like that's too much. What episode? I'm just looking it up. Oh, we're only at episode 14. Episode 14. So, well, this will be episode 15. Last week was episode 14. So, yeah, we've been going quite a while, so you guys are probably used to my rumblings by now. Um, And if you're not, you know, ah, oh, we got time. We're only on the first book, and there are... Uh... 5 plus 5 is 10. Uh, there will... Mm, those are just some, the main books. There'll be 21 by the time the last Charles books come out. And then all the side books. So maybe like 30 books in total by the end? With every, like including everything that comes out? And we've got like the Camp Jupiter Confidential coming. Um, uh, an announcement... Um, I think it was like end of last week that Rick is doing a uh, it's either a bachelor or a master's in Celtic mythology and he is planning to bring out a Celtic mythology series and as a as a Briton um, and as someone who is actually working on a story that features uh, Kelpies which are a part of Celtic mythology a very cool um, creature as well I say cool they're like terrifying because the thing that they do is they basically they drown people they lure you to their waters and drown you kind of like sirens but um it's a horse so not like sirens it'd be weird if you were seduced by by a horse sorry Loki didn't mean to call you out there um (laughs) and Poseidon as well actually from that Greek gods episode I did he was well it was Demeter as a horse wasn't it it wasn't, you know, I'm getting off topic even more so. I was just going to tell you guys about my life and I got distracted by mythology. Which sounds about right, actually. Um, obviously, it was going to come up later. I did actually get emails recently and there is a discussion of mythology in one of those emails. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty on track, really, with everything that's going on. Um, I will apologise at the moment. I don't know how I'm going to sound on recording currently. Um, 
like my throat has been really weird these past couple of days don't worry I'm not dying it's just my usual level of dying um but that didn't make sense <laughs> with obviously everything that's going on I'm not dying of that or I'm not getting sick of that I just have my normal level of not being a real human being with all my illnesses um so things are tied into that and obviously just generally had a bit of a bad mental health week this week so just on that note I want to remind you guys that in the episode show notes there is a link um there that takes you to a website with basically nearly all the world's um mental health awareness calls and numbers calls and numbers that doesn't even make sense <laughs> numbers to call if you do need help yourself and of course remember even if you're not okay it is okay to not be okay and it's okay to ask for help um i admittedly failed quite substantially at doing that this week and i've allowed myself to get to a level where i am a little bit meh. but doing podcasts like this interacting with you guys on on instagram doing youtube and all these things helps bring me back to reality um and kind of helps ground me a little bit so in a way i'm grateful to all of you for your support of this podcast and of my youtube channel um I just wanted to get that out because I feel it's important to show my appreciation to those who do support me and understand uh, the cases of mental health and dealing with mental health. So for anyone out there who is currently struggling with their mental health, from me to you, I hope you are doing well and I hope you feel better soon. Ow! Oh, I just punched the table. Uh (laughs) Oh my god, that was a beautiful message. And then I managed to <laughs> injure myself. What the hell? Oh my goodness. <sighs> okay. <laughs> because that's how it's clearly ended. Um, <laughs> let's get on to the main course of this podcast. Everything that you guys have been waiting for since I started rumbling. So, of course, we start with chapter 19. We find out the truth, sort of. And just a pre-note, I'd love this chapter. Now, (laughs) as always, we have the overview for this chapter. So here is chapter 19's overview. Concerts are like the underworld. I can believe that. Familiar faces. Dude, who in your life has died? We get life lessons from Percy, a 12-year-old. And it actually makes sense. Attempted kidnap of a goat. That's a life sentence right there. Evil shoes, evil voice, evil pits. Oh no, guys. I'm getting a funny feeling about this place being kind of bad. Annabeth has an idea, but won't share. We meet Lord of the Underworld, a real god. Hades is the office manager we all need in our lives. Percy has the bolt, but he didn't take it. It's a trick! (laughs) The prophecy comes true. Leaving Sally behind, the trio escape and go in search for the trickster. And by trickster, I don't mean the one from the Sarah Jane Adventures. And that is the overview for Percy Jackson. And uh, honestly, just mentioning the Sarah Jane Adventures thing. Did anyone else see that video they did for like the, the anniversary to do with the show and also um, the person who played Sarah Jane, Elizabeth... Is it Slater? I want to say Slater. Um, as a farewell Sarah Jane. Oh my God. Got me choked up, man. Um, as a mini side note. But yes, that is the overview. And like I mentioned before, I will be talking about characterization and relationships in this podcast the podcast episode as a whole. Can you tell that I'm not there with it at the not there with it at the what? Oh my goodness. Goodness, goodness. Clearly I'm not with it, but we will power through <laughs> and (laughs) we will see how this goes right so with the overview out of the way I've got to say okay we get our Hades introduction and like sort of an exploration of the underworld as a whole and kind of just how it works I talked about this a little bit in the Greek gods episode um with the fact that I think 
Hades is probably one of the most interesting with the fact that he has the kind of the most responsibility when it comes to a god considering if he doesn't run the underworld completely the whole world will basically fall into chaos but the end so i i really do like this chapter i do but then, <laughs> but as always i have to begin with the negatives and the main negative i have for this chapter is thorpe is thor yeah thor apparently popped up in this chapter uh, he's in the wrong mythology but um he's here so uh god okay just in general though straight up hades in this chapter and just hades in this series and it's not i'm not going to spoil too much about the other books or anything but you guys know how i feel about the majority of the portrayals of the gods in this series from my greek gods episode and i will definitely be bringing up a lot more in future um because <laughs> i have feelings um but straight up i hate the description and portrayal of hades in this chapter seriously we're comparing him to hitler and terrorists in appearance and like his vibe like he he was vibe checked and it was a bad vibe look at me using the (laughs) the kids lingo i don't even know what the words mean but uh i've used it but like he's the god of the underworld he's not a monster so what like like i said before he has literally one of the most important jobs for olympus and yeah if if it doesn't go right it everything falls to chaos and i just i kind of resent this portrayal like he is literally described as one of the most heinous people in history and like in our current world climate as well i just i think that's kind of messed up and in general doesn't make any sense because like he he's given this appearance of being like a creep etc etc um and even in general sort of interpretations i can see where that comes from but in in terms of like hollywood and so like even think of like the hercules movie he is portrayed as like a goofy sarcastic evil villain bad guy but if you look at mythology as a whole (laughs) out of all the other gods he's probably one of the least problematic in terms of their stories like the only things that i'm aware of that can be taken negatively and you know justifiably will be because of how the stories were is the whole thing with persephone and the fact that he does uh, if you take like the whole completely kidnapping her against her will and she doesn't want to stay there etc etc um which you know i i go back and forth on it a little bit myself but then there's obviously there's a few other things where he does become obsessed with two other women uh one of them being lukey or yeah i'm just gonna say lukey and mince um and those, those are as far as i'm aware those are the only cases of him doing slightly questionable things but if you compare that to like zeus poseidon and pretty much any other god on the surface except for hestia because hestia is an angel and we love you um they are they're really messed up people and they should be the like if you're going to portray portray any god as a villain it should be zeus or poseidon like 100 percent but Hades is given this portrayal because he is the god of the underworld. Why does death equate evil? And firstly, he's not even god of the dead. That's... Oh god, how do you pronounce his name? Th- Thanatos? Or th- I wanted to say Thanos, but that's the snack eye. So maybe it is Thanatos. Or, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but at this current point I don't care because I'm in rage. Uh, but yeah, why does the underworld equate evil? Considering they have things like the Isle of the Blessed and Elysium sort of elements, that's not a bad thing. What? So why is the underworld as a whole just... Cons- I know the whole death, everyone's like, oh, death is scary. And I'm like, death is life. So I just don't understand this whole equating him to evil, visually showing him... Like, person literally says he gives this look... Like... <laughs> this vibe and look of being like hitler napoleon and terrorists i'm like oh no it just really frustrates me like outcast okay fine 
completely get that because he had he was outcasted because everyone got a strange vibe i don't even know why he was outcasted really he draw drew the short straw um but in the end he kind of wasn't too fuss like he's as we hear in the chapter itself from him his job has a lot of responsibility he he doesn't want to start a war because he's already got enough problems on his hands with the amount of dead people coming in anyway because lots of people die all the time but just uh, i don't know it's just i find it really frustrating that consistently hades in all forms of media is given this portrayal of being a villain a bad guy and yeah honestly is usually compared to what would be like <laughs> hitler and terrorists even in like by hollywood standards um i just don't get it I just I find it really frustrating and I'm kind of slightly disappointed in Rick that he has followed along that whole thing like obviously yeah Hades isn't the villain of the story but he is visually portrayed as people who are not villains but obviously clearly horrific people so so what's the point he's not a bad guy so why are you visually showing him as one it just it I just kind of don't understand it and that is the thing that I do have a, with a lot of the portrayals of gods in this series. There are just so many things that I just don't understand with why they are portrayed that way. It's like taking one sort of aspect of them, in the case of Hades being the fact that he works with the dead, and being like, okay, that's creepy, so let's make him creepy. And also, death is a bad thing, so who is bad? Okay, these people are bad. He's going to look a little bit like them. I just think it's, it's kind of cheap in my opinion because again like if he person i don't even know how to describe it but all i can think is if you're doing that based off off of his sort of personality and godlike traits then zeus should look like oh i don't even want to say it really because it's probably not particularly nice but zeus is for lack of a better phrasing person that if he was a real person would be in prison for life for sex crimes so if you would if you're doing this by i no, i don't even know where i'm going with this anymore but basically i think hades being portrayed and visually shown as literal war criminals it just firstly it doesn't make any sense and secondly it's just a cheap cliche tactic that hollywood has played to death I'm just kind of disappointed that Rick has done the same here. And I went off on a real tangent about that and I think I lost my point halfway through. But that's how I'm going to end. I'm going to move on to the positives of this chapter, which is what makes this, even though all of what I've just said, this is still one of my favourite chapters thus far. I say thus far, I have had other favourites, but like, this is one of my favourites, 100%. And this is based on this next part, which is to do with relationships. Now, obviously in this chapter, we have this part of, there's only three pearls and there's four people to escape. And this whole debate begins to go on of Grover and Annabeth trying to fight to see who will stay behind so they can save Percy's mum. And Percy, oh my god, is just, he's there just thinking to himself, no, I can't let this happen. And thinking about all the things that they've gone through, Grover and Medusa, Annabeth and Cerberus and all these things, and he knows, no, I can't let them do this. And I know I can't do this because I have to fulfil this mission. If I don't do it, then the world will fall to chaos because I was selfish. And it's that moment there that I feel truly cements the this trio's friendship like percy his whole goal throughout this entire book from the moment that he lost his mum was to get her back like there was no question that was the only thing he was doing it for a little bit of him was like yeah no i want my i want my dad's approval at the same time but it's more about my mother than it is about that and this moment here is when the prophecy is coming true of you will fail to save the thing you love most, which is his mother. And it's because he knows 
that he has to go. He and his friends have to go to be able to save the world and stop this war. He's having to give up his mum to save his friends and to save the world. And he he doesn't even question it. Like, he has this moment of seeing Annabeth and Grover fight, but he knows straight away, this is what needs to happen. I need to let my mum go. And he is, he is truly devastated, as we see in the next chapter as well. He is devastated. But he knew this is what had to be done. Like, it just, it just kind of shows how far they've come. Because while I don't think he would have let anyone die at the start, I think he would have saved his mum more so if it was if it was like pre-medusa moment i think he would have chosen to save his mother maybe even sacrificing himself or something but now they're a real team and they are friends now and he even says that he knows that his mum would have made wanted him to make this choice like she would have wanted him to save himself his friends and the world and be the hero that she clearly knew he was always going to be and I just love that and just the whole this whole bit here just shows his growth and you know what you know what that is that's growth and I love it and considering that recently I I've recorded a, an episode with um my best friend Taylor Paisley French the musician for uh, this podcast actually, where we reviewed the Lightning Thief movie, and obviously I'm not going to tell you guys too much because we did like two hours worth of recording to talk about that film. But just this moment here, I can compare to that film, and this this is true character growth. This was just phenomenal, and that's why this is like one of my favorite chapters from this book because of this moment. And yeah, that's just the, the, my final thoughts for chapter 19. It's just all about growth, really. And I, I really do like that. And it just kind of continues when we go into chapter 20. I battle my jerk relative. And here is the overview for chapter 20. The jerky truth is uncovered, revealing a jerk. Why do I want to try jerky now? What does jerky taste like? Is it just meat? Or, I don't know. Anyway, Ares appears to be under a trance, but not aware that he is. But he doesn't really have much of a brain, so that kind of makes sense. I dreamed a dream of time gone by, and evil voices in a pit. I know I can't sing, but I don't care. I wanted to do that joke. Uh, <laughs> Percy takes antagonism to the extreme. Annabeth is a gem, Grover an angel, and here we meet the power of friendship. Even strength has to bow down to badassery. What a bending slice! Oh God, run! It's the cops. The battle continues ending with a big paper cut. Evil laughter puts everyone on edge as Ares runs away. Now all they have to do is get back to New York. Should be easy. Wait, the US is how big? And that is my overview for chapter 20. And yeah, actually, that the US is how big thing. It was something I realised recently when... um. Oh, I say recently. I was in uh, San Francisco in December. I admit, even though I didn't realise. I know how, like, big the US is. Because, like, people, like, would make jokes like, oh, you could drive for four hours and you'd still be in Florida. And I was like, okay. But I didn't realise just kind of how true that was. Also, America is, like, big. Being in San Francisco was kind of intense because you can get lost so easy and admittedly I was in literally the most dodgiest area of San Francisco uh, it was called um is it the Tenderloin is that what which is a weird name to call a place in general I should have figured when someone mentioned it I was like oh that sounds dangerous <laughs> um but yeah that's why I was staying for a week and if anyone does know of the Tenderloin you probably know as a a young woman on her own in San Francisco in 
probably what was the dodgiest area in San Francisco. Let's just see. I uh, I learned to sleep quite lightly. Um, but yeah, so that was actually when I discovered how big the US was. That it literally it can take forever to get anywhere. Cause see, and also I did look up recently to see how long it would take to get from Los Angeles to New York. And I was like, surely, it should, like I know it took them ages to get there in the first place, but that's because they kept getting like delayed. Um, the irony that they're getting a plane now, but. I just kind of didn't realise that it's literally on the other side of the country. and Which is wild. <laughs> like, in my head, I was like, oh, I guess it'd be kind of like going from, like, where I live to maybe, like, Scotland or something. Nope. Worse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was, that was just kind of a wild concept to me. So um, that was fun to discover that uh, my geography skills have continued to fail me at every corner I did fail my geography exam so I shouldn't be too surprised but it's not my fault that rock sedimentation literally has no point in anything to do with my life countries and places that would have been great to learn did we learn any of that? no we didn't because geography as a subject apparently is stupid because you learn nothing of value um, that turned into a rant about <laughs> geography which I did not intend to but um for anyone who may have taken a geography degree or no not degree uh, I did a GCSE so it's a bit nonsensical really but anyone who did do geography as a subject did you guys ever learn about countries or was it just like volcanoes tectonic plates and all that sort of stuff because I've never met anyone who actually learned about places and countries in geography which is about the world and places just wondering but um and if you did learn about places please tell me because your score is cool <laughs> uh where what was i meant to be doing um <laughs> i don't know what's happening anymore right so as per usual i'm continuing on with the characterization and relationships this isn't per usual but you know what i mean um from my discussion earlier about godly portrayals um they don't get better in this chapter <laughs> which is uh you know unfortunate and frustrating on many many levels now like i like i said to this day i'm not a fan of the majority of the god's portrayals in this series and i will be talking more about that in the future on the specific godly portrayals that i'm slightly peeved with um, or again, if you want to know which gods I mean, go to my Greek gods episode. Um, but the portrayal of Ares here really, really confused me. And I've felt that throughout the whole book, but I kind of wanted to focus more on this one because this is the whole thing of like Ares, a god, battles Percy, a 12 year old boy, and loses. Like, so this is why the portrayal for me is really kind of confusing because yes Ares is like the more manic side of war but still he is a war god he should be a hell of a lot more skilled than he comes across like he comes across as like this dumb jock motif that we seem to cut I don't even know it just he basically just he just comes across as the dumb jock who uh like the little sort of like a david and goliath thing like he's so dumb and like yeah he's got the muscles and stuff but he doesn't have the smart so he goes down hard because he's an idiot he doesn't know what he's doing blah, blah, blah. you're the god of war <laughs> and you're in a battle which is basically war and yet he seems to have little to no skills he's easily baited He's easily tricked. I'm just like, yes, I know. He doesn't have the battle strategy side. But still, war, whether or not it's to the level that Athena has, still has a form of strategy. Like, you understand battle. You understand fighting techniques and fighting elements. And yet he's being, like I said, easily baited. He keeps falling for traps. And... I don't know, but every time it happens, it just feels like they're playing him as a moron. And I just, I don't know, I find it confusing 
because he is meant to be the god of war. He's meant to be a god in general. I know the whole thing is that they have these flaws and his is kind of, I guess, like arrogance in a sense. I don't know what that would be in terms of a Greek phrasing. Um, maybe it'd just be ego, possibly. I don't know. Um, I know they're kind of playing that up like his ego is the thing that kind of leads to his downfall. But either way, it just seems really strange to me that his... I feel like the thing for me is that the fight doesn't seem to last that long. Uh, It seems that Percy takes him down really easily, which just doesn't seem right because, again, he's a god and that shouldn't be possible for him to go down so easily. But I don't know. Like, I know he was technically... Like, he he was kind of going to kill Percy, but something kind of made him step back um and he lost this sort of get uh sort of the veil over his eyes and since he kind of woke up a little bit but um even still like even with him being kind of technically under the influence it just doesn't make any sense to me why he is being portrayed as a moron like yes he's no athena but it 100% should have been more of a fight than it was because he is the god of war he has battle abilities and that should count for something I feel I don't know what do you guys think do you think Ares portrayal made sense or I don't know (laughs) so many people are probably going to disagree with me but if you do I do really want to hear your thoughts about this both with Hades and Ares and maybe even some of the other gods that we've met or will meet do you feel that the portrayal that we do get of them makes sense or or what like i did i did i didn't do one for Ares. i did one for hades um on tiktok and yes i do now have a tiktok um i'm at a dose of fran i do like percy jackson hot takes in in the short little video things that you do um i did one about gods kind of being sort of slightly cliche um and some people agreed some people didn't i think it was because i used Hades and not a spoiler but you guys will probably post but it's just a name that pops up later in the series and Nico and lots of people weren't a big fan of what I said probably again because of Nico but um yeah if you guys agree that the gods are a little bit oddly written let me know if you disagree let me know and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it but to move on to again the positive elements of uh this chapter it is the relationship side of things and again i i know i gush about this a lot in in this series but the character relationships that rick does right i think are probably some of the best character dynamics and relationships i've ever read in a series i think the only one that currently kind of stands up against it is um in the tristan strong books um just because of I wouldn't say they're kind of friendships in them. I've just realised that I've I haven't read the book in a while now, so I've currently forgotten everyone's names. Um Tristan and I think is it Gum Baby? I think that may be the name. I may be wrong. I apologise if I am getting that wrong. It is completely unintentional. Um but the relationships in that are really fun as well because everyone kind of plays off each other in the same way that they, that they do in with this trio here because everyone has different dynamics and different personalities and yet even though they do have these clashes they do gel well together at the same time um same with the other series that i've mentioned before like uh vampire diaries with two lead females uh Gallagher girls as well even avatar the last airbender and legend of korra like i know obviously that there's the questionable elements of legend of korra for the character relationships i don't agree with it i quite like it because it feels very realistic for a teenage environment but um yeah just kind of i there are really great character relationships and i feel like this trio is one of them because it is developed so incredibly well and for me this moment that they have in this chapter is what fully cements that they are best friends and it's kind of the end or I guess the beginning because we do continue to see this friendship throughout the five books and beyond um but this is kind of the end of the friendship arc in this book it's sort of the conclusion of it like they are now 
best friends. They are now complete. They are now together as one. And this is the moment that shows it. And the moment being, um, Annabeth giving Percy her beads and her father's college ring, which are obviously on the necklace, to basically say, this is our way of healing that rift between Athena and Poseidon, because no matter what our parents think of each other, we are a team, we are friends, and we are in each other's lives. And doing this and me giving you this is my way to symbolise that friendship. And also being a sort of blessing of... Athena stands behind Poseidon here in this fight against Ares to kind of give him a little bit of an extra extra boost and I think that was really sweet as well as the fact that he got kind of shy and blushy about it which was the cutest thing ever um and then Grover obviously Grover has been Percy's best friend since the beginning of Yancey and him standing up and kind of giving him a, a, a satyr blessing in a sense is just another example of Grover just being that person. He's always been there for Percy since Yancey. He's continued to be there. Yes, he had those moments of having to lie to him. With it for being his own... With it for being? With it being for his own protection. But Grover hated every second because they were and are best friends. But he has always been there for Percy. And he has always been there to support him and be sort of his rock in a sense as well and Grover giving this satyr blessing which obviously is all very na- nature related I feel is this way of showing that Grover is his rock and I just I just really like that um so yeah this chapter just it cements their relationship it cements their friendships I think it, it's both the end of this arc and also the beginning for everything that goes on after because they've reached the stage of them being close they've been through some pretty traumatic things with each other just in this one quest and it's a thing that they say like i'm trying to think of a few examples i don't think i've i've read a few books that have like trauma related things which sound really dodgy but um oh gallagher girls is one it's nearer the end i'm not going to give any spoilers for it um just because i highly recommend reading the gallagher girls series it's like it's cheesy it's funny but it's it's a really nice light read for anyone who enjoys sort of like fun spy flicks sort of stuff um but there's a moment there where there's a a trauma that does band two girls particularly together but then another trauma later that bands all the friends together um unfortunately it is a trauma that actually leads leads to one of the friends being on the outside in that situation because they weren't involved in it because they were technically the reason for it um but it has moments like that that those things do bring people closer together um i think this is the thing here that everything that's happened to them has not only shown that they can rely on each other not only has it shown that they are a brilliant team but it's shown that they are true friends and I know I made a joke earlier about the power of friendship, but what they give Percy here, I truly think, is literally a symbol of the power of friendship. They are there standing with him, supporting him, and are going to be there to help him as best they can by being his support. I just, I think that's a really, really nice message. And it does continue in the future books, which obviously I will get to when we get to those books. Um... But overall, just for chapter 19 and 20, yes, I've got the, the, the problematic element, well, not problematic, the problems that I have with these chapters are predominantly related to the portrayals of the gods. Because, yeah, I'm still not a fan of them, but at least, other than the unfortunate description of Hades, he does come across really quite godlike and, like, all-powerful, omnipotent, and... Is that the same thing? Omnipotent. No... I think that is all powerful. I've, I've, well, religious studies is failing me now. It's a long time ago, and being religion have always been a bit off. But <laughs> that's not to say that I don't respect religious people. Just to put that out there, just often they haven't respected me. So there's been problems there. That was not needed to know at all, but it's happened now. So I'm going to leave it in because I don't think I can edit it out. Um, <laughs> But with him being shown as sort of godlike, I think it's cool. Like, the way he refers to Percy as, like, godling and stuff like that is just... I really like it, and it gives this imposing nature. 
I just kind of hope that it just stay, it does stay that way. But um, we shall see. Now, of course, the friendship part is complete, and the trio are now officially BFF, BFFs. And I've never been so close to tears. But then again, I am generally very tired at the moment, so who knows what's happening anymore? Maybe. It is the fact that I did kind of get emotional when I was reading it, them joining together. But um, yeah, like I said, I am very tired currently. So who knows if that was actually me feeling emotional about that or uh, me just being tired. It's probably both. <laughs> but um, that is the end for today's episode. But as always, you guys know what is coming up. So first, let us start with the song of the story now today's song admittedly doesn't connect to the story that much but i feel that the vibe of the song just kind of fits for me also the artist terry zong is amazing so the song is home all right by terry zong and it can be found everywhere but i will obviously link it on episode notes it will probably be to spotify i don't think there is a youtube link for it but if there is i will link that to that because i know not everyone has spotify um but also as i mentioned at the start i got some emails recently and i've never been more happy in my life <laughs> so from uh i'll start first with uh this message that is entitled yo and i like that anyway already i was like yay uh and this is from mego also known as megan uh they say hey there fran i'm just emailing to tell you how much i love your podcast just so you know this is megan newark from instagram my name is megan sorry for the tough pronunciation that's my bad i just know i i assumed it probably was megan but then i didn't want to say it just in case I was wrong so I thought I'd be a little bit complex and try and say it without the a Uh, because I'm weird and that's what happens you also may know me as red cloud from the PGO animation project oh my god yes so actually guys I don't think I've ever mentioned this before so I am uh part of the PGA and oh the PJO animation project which is uh a channel on youtube under the same name pjo animation where uh, we are working to make the percy jackson series animated on youtube uh going chapter by chapter kind of similar to what i do here on my channel but obviously more visual um (laughs) anyways i was wondering if on your i can't speak if on your podcast you can include a section that talks about the original myths that percy's adventures are based on Rick Riordan does a great job of making modern myths, but sometimes we don't know the original story, like Medusa, for example. But yeah, thanks for the great content. I listen to it while animating. I appreciate how consistent you are with keeping new episodes coming every week. Keep up the great work. Megan. P.S. I also like how you keep your episodes kid-friendly. Kudos. It is, um, I definitely try my best. Uh, It's difficult every so often when uh, you really... As you probably heard earlier with my Hades and Aries things, occasionally something's kind of really frustrate you. But I'm trying to keep it as kind of kid friendly as possible because I want people to be able to engage with this as much as they want and it, for it to kind of be available for everyone. Um, but Megan, thank you so much for that email. It was truly lovely. Um, as to your question about the uh, mythology side of things, that is something I have considered doing. And I know I mentioned a few things here and there in the episodes about original myths but don't really go into too much detail i i think i'll look into that like i'm i have basic knowledge of the original myths but um i'm i'm happy to do more research like i love greek mythology in general and all the other mythologies um so i am happy to look into it to kind of give some more information to you guys um so thank you for for the tip on that and um i definitely hope that i can do that in in future and give you guys some more kind of i guess educational elements for it as well for anyone who listens to this both for percy jackson and 
I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, so <laughs> I'll see if that's something that I can do. And again, thank you so much for this lovely email. I also had another email uh, entitled A Very Profesh Email. And uh, <laughs> uh, this is actually, this is from a good friend of mine actually called Alex. Um, and this is from a conversation we had whilst we were talking um, on Facebook uh, Messenger. Uh, she's a friend from college of mine. Where we're saying, oh, I love getting emails. They make me really happy. Um, I hope I get some more in future. And she said, okay, I'll send you an email. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I wasn't actually expecting her to, but, but she did. And I thought, because she sent me one, I'll read one, read it out on the podcast. So... Alex says, Hello, as your second very important email, I want to say your podcast is very cool and and you're doing a really good job and stuff like that. Keep doing cool stuff, seaweed brain or whatever. <laughs> I'll catch up with the pod. Oh, okay. Oh, text speak. I S2G. What does S2G mean? Oh, no. Um, still, I don't know. P.S. Please frame me and put me on a wall. I feel like email number two is an accomplishment. And read me out sharing my enthusiasm. OMFG. Fame here I come. Talk to you Thursday slash Friday. Your pal, moi. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, ne- I didn't actually read that email beforehand even though it came in uh, a while ago. But um, that is a lovely email. Thank you so so much for that oh my god that's actually both of you and Megan you guys have literally made made my day with those with those emails they are the sweetest thing I truly truly appreciate both of you and to all of my listeners as well and of course if you guys want to send an email either to commentate on what I have talked about in these episodes give advice or let me know anything that you think I could improve on I appreciate every email just please of course be kind because I am sensitive as anything but to move on to what you guys have all been waiting for and that is a question of the episode but we will be starting with last week's question which was what Ryodin verse much sorry I hiccuped halfway through then <laughs> what Ryodin verse merchandise do you want to see so from potato demigod 1993 we got my cousin Nico and I want a keychain of the Argo 2 with a 7 plus Nico, Rainer and Will on board. Your cousin is called Nico? That is so cool. Um, but, oh, now I feel bad for talking about Nico earlier. Uh, but actually, a keychain would be really cool of the Argo. Um, that is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know Heroes of Olympus, that is a Heroes of Olympus bit. Re- uh, reference um which obviously we will get to when we get to that but if you want to get to heroes of olympus now radio camp half-blood and floor 600 are coming up to doing heroes of olympus soon so go check those guys out and i know the hosts and they are all fantabulous um also just to shout out the other podcasters as well i'm going to get all the names up because i did a post on our social media which you know if you guys aren't following probably should go do that um and i missed some people out and i felt terrible about doing so now let's see if i can get everyone um so yes floor 600 radio camp half blood half report uh the demipod and there is also another one that's come out recently uh from the person who runs uh this meme page to do with radio camp half blood Oh, can I find it? I cannot. Uh, I feel like it's called Oracle something, and I feel so bad that I can't remember it exactly. But it, it's, I think it's called the Ask the Oracle. I think that may be it. Um, me go check all those guys out. Um, just as a whole. So that's completely sidetracked. But yes, a keychain of these things would be really, really cool. Um, from Annabeth Yankees Cap. They say action figures, Lego stuffed animals like Festus and Blackjack. Yes, I tr- oh, I want stuffed animals so much. I've got a huge collection of stuffed toys on my bed and I would love to add Blackjack and Cerberus and all that sort of stuff to that collection. 
Laurel Lala adds, I would kill for some plushies. Seriously considering making my own Nico plush at this point. My need is too great. <laughs> Again, this is uh, Nico is a reference to a later book. We will get to him. Don't worry, guys. But yes, plushies. Plushies are too. If you make any, I will. I will pay. <laughs> uh, from Demigod Quest, as our last one, they mention hats and socks, the Holy Trinity. Except not because a Trinity is three. Can anyone else think of a third thing? <laughs> Um, hats, socks, uh, hmm, we've got t-shirts already, what else could we add? Uh, hmm, hmm, I'm trying to think of things now. Hats, socks, necklaces, okay, I know there are a few out there, but I would love to have the Demigod Camp necklaces, I think those would be very cool. But yeah, um, so not all of these are possible, but as you guys know, possibly, I, I feel like I've mentioned it a few times, but I don't know how many times, I do have a Tee Public page for uh, this account and also for my YouTube at A Dose of Fran. Uh, it will be linked in the episode notes to go check it out. So I am hoping to add more Percy Jackson related merchandise on there. So if there's anything on there that catches your interest, go check it out. Um, and hopefully some of these things that are mentioned, probably not plushies because I don't think Tee Public does do plushies, but all the others may be a possibility. So go keep an eye out at tpublic.com slash user slash a dose of Fran. Linked in the episode notes. But to move on for next week's question, well, today's question of the episode to be answered next week. Today's episode question is, which demigod do you think could take which god in a fight? I know it's a dangerous question. They could be listening right now and I could die. So, before I do die, let us finish up this episode by saying to all of you beautiful folks, thank you so much for joining me today for today's chapters. And be sure to join me next Wednesday to continue our Ryoldan verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify where you should follow us, Apple Podcasts where you could leave a rating and a review, Audioboom, Stitcher and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media, at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and on Tumblr at thebestdamncamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, I have now also linked my Patreon. On that note, though, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, A Healthy Dose of Fran, for more Percy Jackson content, and drop me a follow at A Healthy Dose of Fran on Instagram and at A Dose of Fran on Twitter. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. Toodles.